0: So during a job interview, Temba is asked uh, about his best skills. And the good man responds, I'm great at multitasking. I can waste time, be unproductive, and procrastinate all at the same time. And very good evening to you, and apologies for procrastinating tonight. It is 7.36, but yes, we are uh, on talk with Rams on Metro FM. And indeed, my name is Rams Mabote. Thank you very much for choosing to join us. Tonight on the show, we have our talk five news bulletin and a big business interview. We speak to the uh, president of AFASA, that's the Association of uh, African Farmers uh, in South Africa. Dr. Vuyo Maslati to discuss Land Bank's 900 million rand loan from the german development bank to support emerging and commercial south african farmers for rams and sands we speak the mining in Daba. except we speak the alternate mining in Dava, and we're going to speak to reverend malcolm damon the executive director of economic justice network the organizers of the alternative mining in DABA to discuss what they're doing and how alternative they are from the main one in the consumer feature we're going to be joined by no si po, Zikisha, Supervisor Complaints Department at the uh, NCR National uh, Consumer Regulator, to take your calls about borrowing and issues with credit agreements. And this being the beginning of the year, I'm sure all of us know the story of borrowing and credit agreements that we get into because we just did not plan enough for the reopening of schools because we thought this year it would open in March. We wrap up our show. With fame and fortune, and tonight is South African hitmaker, the one and only DJ Cleo is going to be our guest. Online at Rams by the Horns, that's Twitter and uh, Metro FM Talk with Rams on Facebook. Our email address is talk at metrofm.co.za. I will not stop telling you this, guys. It is the only email address we have. We don't have any other email address that has to do with this show. Talk at metrofm.co.za. If you send to other areas and you don't get a response, blame your concentration levels. So thank you very much and welcome to the show. And I am excited about something that's going to happen tomorrow, where I'll tell you about it later on the show. Uh, but it's it's, it's it's fun, even if I have to say so myself. Uh, tomorrow is going to be a good time. Farmers uh, in the Western Cape have reportedly lost 14 billion rand since the onset of the impairing drought in the province. This comes after the Agri Western Cape CEO Carl Opperman confirmed the effect that the drought had on the agricultural sector. Farmers have cautioned that the crisis could affect an estimated 50,000 people who could face job losses. Capitec defended the robustness of its loan book today while U.S.-based short-seller Viceroy Research criticized the South African Reserve Bank for previously vouching for the bank. In a statement today, Capitec meanwhile referred to Viceroy's report as both, quote, fundamentally flawed and misleading, adding that the bank's own number crunches have been able to show certain uh, of, uh, of its conclusions were incorrect. I wonder which of the conclusion because they say certain, not all, of the conclusions. I can't wait to know which were correct. And should it be some comfort for the for the uh, depositors at, 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 at Capitec? The uh, passenger rail service agency, uh, Prasa, has dismissed as unfounded reports that it invested $1 billion with VBS Mutual Bank The bank made headlines two years ago when it lent President Jacob Zuma 7.9 million rand uh, to repay the state for for non-security upgrades to his Nkanda homestead. The Sunday Times reported that senior Prasa officials have thrown their weight behind a move to ensure that the first 500 million of the investment is paid to VBS Mutual Bank this week without any agreement signed. ESCOM has received a lifeline today when the Public Investment Corporation agreed to grant it a short-term loan of 5 billion rent to keep the struggling enterprise afloat. That's called a salary loan because uh, this, this is going to last for one month or so, if not for days. The PIC on behalf of Government Employees Pension Fund advanced the 5 billion rent bridging facility to ESCOM for one month. The loan fund will uh, the loan will fund the company's operations during the month of February 2018, but three other South African banks will also have to help else come out. The PIC stated. And finally, which also becomes our big business interview, the Land Bank has secured a loan which it said will enable to drive productivity growth and job creation in the agriculture sector. The German Development Bank has financed 900 million rand towards supporting emerging and commercial farmers in a partnership to support rural development. Quote, the facility or this facility is dedicated for SME in the agricultural sector. We will find as many emerging farmers and new entrants to agriculture. We'll establish joint ventures between emerging farmers and established farmers will support their operations with capital loans or working capital facilities to enable them to grow their businesses, close quote. Land Bank Chief Financial Officer Benny Van Roy said, in terms, uh, the terms of the loan are considered very favourable. The bank has 10 years to repay the, the loan and they have given a two-year payment holiday for the first repayment to be made in March 2020. Well, to speak to us about this uh, windfall, uh, if that's what it is, is the president of the African Farmers Association of South Africa, AFASA, Dr. Vuyo Matati. Good evening, Doc, and thank you very much for joining us. Okay. okay, okay. I had not pressed the right button to say hello to you, so let's start afresh. Good evening to you.
1: Evening, evening.
0: Then thank you so and much. For-
1: to you and the listeners.
0: Thank you very much, Doc. Just for the purposes of of this conversation and for our listeners sake just tell us a bit about who AFASA is
1: well AFASA is basically African Farmers Association of South Africa Mm. it is primarily a union of farmers Mm
0: -hmm.
1: mainly black farmers yes
0: yes So one would uh, would assume that when the land bank secured this uh, money from the German Development Bank, you probably would have been the first on the line that the land bank called and said, there is this new uh, facility and a great opportunity for your members.
1: Yeah, we've been engaging with the land bank over time. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And in a sense, um, we've been seriously concerned we've raised it with them because the land bank, you know, loan book has not seriously at all favored black farmers. And we felt that, you know, the land bank is perpetuating the status quo. What the land bank was shared with us was the difficulty they face as they have to source, you know, finance from open capital markets. And in a sense, it becomes a big issue for the farmer to be able to pay back in time. Mm. And we've been working together to look at alternative mechanisms and how maybe we can bring in, you know, soft loans, government funding, in order to make it easier for the black farmers. Because us as black farmers, we have many situations.
2: Mm.
1: First and foremost is access to land. Because in order to get a loan, you need to gear your la- your, lo- your land. Mm. If you don't have the land, you cannot gear. Sometimes farmers have land, but they have no title deed. Yes. You don't have the title deed again. But what is important, you know, with the current announcement is that we are beginning to attract as a country, you know, development, finance, in the true sense of the word, which is focused on impacting, on transformation.
0: I find it very depressing. Uh, I wanted to say strange, but actually depressing, talk that you telling me that uh, 23 years after 1994, 24 years, uh, that the land bank had not changed its... It's systems to favor the black farmers and that we have not seen a better commitment than we we had seen even sixteen years ago. I mean I, I would have thought in the last few years at least in the last ten years things would have been much better.
1: It's actually tragic. I mean we've made noise you know everywhere about this. It's hmm. unforgivable you know it you, you you just don't understand it when they would say that out of the thirty nine billion Loan book in the last financial year, only two billion was for black farmers, two plus billion. So it begins to give you a sense of the problem and the fact that black farmers, frankly, do not have the support. Because if we don't get support from the land bank, can you imagine how difficult it will be? Yeah. You know, from commercial banks. So basically, we find ourselves in a difficult situation because. If you look at the need, you know, the 900 million, yes, we're grateful, but it's just, you know, a tip of the iceberg.
0: What, what would be, in your view, the objective reasons why not much has happened to support the black and emerging farmers. And I I must say, every time I use the word emerging farmers, I'm reminded of former Minister of Agriculture, Toko Tidiza, who never liked the term because she said, for how long will black farmers emerge? Uh, But let's not go there. So why do you think?
1: I'm with (laughs) her. Yes. Yes.
0: So why? Why are we still here so many years later? We are still here so many years later
1: because we keep understanding what the problem is, but we are not investing in the solution. So basically, it is only when we... I mean, there, there are specific reasons. I've cited the issue of land access and the issue of title deeds. Mm. For white farmers, it's easy yeah, to access finance because they have you know, title B. Yeah,
0: they've got that piece of paper that's very critical.
1: That piece of paper that's very critical. And secondly... We have a situation where the majority of black farmers don't have access to institutional support and technical support. So, in a sense, you know, you get the land transferred to you, but the post-settlement support is not well aligned with the demands of the finance institutions. Mm. So you are having to struggle on your own so much that it becomes difficult for you to access finance and be productive on your land. So that is why, I mean, for the few who have done it on their own, we become so proud because it is one area which is so difficult to penetrate. But we do have our shining stars.
0: And I can imagine and I I really hope, you know, one day as we go forward, we'll speak to some of the shining stars because it has to be a very tough industry where, you know, even more than 40 percent of your input is not even in your hand. It could be weather that you have no control over. But in in terms of this facility that we're speaking about tonight, what is the arrangement? Are you going to be involved with Land Bank in disbursement, in monitoring who it goes to, in supporting the, the farmers that access it? Is Afasa going to play a role there?
1: You see, Afasa is working with the land bank to look at the enablers. One of the critical problems that make it difficult to disperse to black farmers is the fact that you don't have retail finance institution intermediaries, Mm. that basically can bridge the gap between the land bank and the farmer or Entrepreneur, you know, agri entrepreneur. Mm. And what that does, you know, if you find most, what they call the intermediary, they call, you know, the channels. Most of the channels that are being used by the land bank are basically, you know, established cooperatives and commodity associations that have been for very long, majority-wide business mm. in the business and have the institutional support, you know, to drive a uh, uh, the, 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 the sort of the productivity of the various farmers. But in our case, we struggle because we don't have those intermediaries. And one of the things that we're working with the Land Bank at this point is to look at how do we begin to strengthen the technical support with the intermediaries mm-hmm. that are more prone to support the blood farmers.
0: Let me ask you what could be a very unpopular view. Would it help if, say you had 900 million, that you choose to support a fewer number of farmers to a point of success than to spread it as much as you can and end up with lesser success among many farmers? You know, it
1: doesn't matter what formula you come up with. Mm. Because, I mean... Generally, we, we've had a very problematic, um, you know, scenario in the sense that we see more farmers being supported and people will be quoting big numbers to say, got, you know, we've supported so many farmers. When you look at the amounts, they are so small. And in a sense, they are not funded in a way that is sustainable. So, our approach is basically to say we need to relook at the funding models. And these have to basically assist in terms of a more sustainable approach in, in supporting the farmer, particularly now. I mean, we're using procurement more and more as a demand. Yes. And if you've got a market to procurement, Really, it should be easier for that person to get support. But even when farmers go and present, you know, the demand through, you know, procurement, it is just, that does not guarantee you the support. So a factor comes in now where we specifically come in with cases and we insist on being given the reasons why a particular enterprise, has not been supported because in a sense we want to appreciate the problem at the same time push because the reality of the matter is you cannot get into transformation of the sector if you are not going to focus on access to finance we can jump and talk about everything but it's not going to be possible
0: I feel so aggrieved to have to say to you we, that's all the time we have Dr. Masati but I'll tell you what I, listening to you now I think there's a bigger story that we need to tell and and, and I've just spoken to a producer Tato that maybe we should look at having you for a longer chat we we have a feature where we can we can speak to you both about you the person but also about you know agriculture in general and supporting African farmers so we're going to make time for you soon I promise you that I, I'd like us to talk Not about that. For
1: that because our intentions is to make farming fashionable. We should. And in a sense, we need to get society to understand beyond the noise what the real issues are, because we do need support as farmers on the land and agriculture area. And if society understands these things properly, I do believe that we get some more
0: from this side where i sit i can tell you that we will do our little bit to help you make it fashionable and we'll have a much longer conversation with you very soon thank you very much dr maslati thank you thank
1: you for the opportunity again
0: and have a good evening dr vuyo maslati afasa president happy about the uh the investment that land bank got uh uh, for 900 million rand for emerging and commercial farmers however they'd like to see more and they believe that land bank could do much more i hope I I really am planning to speak to her for much longer and we're going to make time for it. But for now, the SABC seeks to appoint an experienced physical security service provider to provide such services at SABC Western Cape Regional Office. Tender documents are available between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. at SABC Head Office or email on this address, lushabam at sabc.co.za. Closing date is on the th- 23rd of February, 2018, at midday, 12 o'clock. For more information, log on to sabc.co.za. So if you've been around South Africa for a few years, you would know that around this time of the year, we have something called the Mining Indaba in Cape Town, or Indaba. Let me stop pronouncing these things as if I work across the road. I <laughs> Mining Indaba. Uh, and... Uh, it has been going on for years. Uh, some of us get to know about it and we don't really know what comes out of it. Some of us get to follow what goes goes on there. And, you know, amazing stuff. But it has become a, a meeting that, you know, comes and passes and we, we see it as a part of what happens in the country. But there's something else happening. Something very interesting happening across the road from where the mining end up is happening. So in Woodstock... There is something else happening there uh, called the alternative mining Indaba with the theme making natural resources work for the people towards just legal, policy, and institutional reforms. The uh, main goal of this Indaba is to present an alternative voice, the community voice, to that of corporates who meet yearly during the mining Indaba. Activists hold this alternative mining endeavor in Cape Town and it gets underway, or at least got underway today, and uh are staging their own alternative to the mining endeavor in the city and has been a tradition for the past eight years. And even I will confess, was not aware of this tradition until today. I'm so embarrassed, Reverend Malcolm Damon, that I'm one of those who've been sleeping and knowing about the one thing that's happening only in the. Plusher side of the no. city
3: no rent you, you're forgiven brother you're forgiven
0: <laughs> thank you thank you reverend yeah. good evening to you reverend yeah. malcolm damon the executive thank director you. of economic justice network and organizers of the alternative mining in let's start first with why is it that we have not known and I, I can also hazard a guess it is people like us in the media who have not gone out to tell the story about the alternative. But why is it that it has been so unknown?
3: Yeah, No, I'm sure that you know, uh, maybe other media outlets have picked it up because over the years we've really been having a very good uh, uh, coverage of the alternative mining in Daba. Yes. Uh, uh, for instance, last year Al Jazeera even picked up on the Alternative mining in daba mm. we've had interviews with you know colleagues of yours within s a b c and yes. so on and so on so 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 uh, uh, it has been really big so yeah uh, and we we uh appreciate this opportunity because you see the fact is that the alternative mining in daba has been going for nine years because next year we'll celebrate our 10 so we hope next year you'll also interview us but next year we'll have our 10 so so we've been organizing this because mining communities are not part of the mining in daba it's impossible almost to attend well we now attend but when it started it was impossible to attend because just to register is about two thousand dollars so you can think you know about what twenty-four thousand almost rand in today's term so so, which makes it impossible for communities to uh, engage with mining companies, etc. And the focus is on investment. So, what we decided is we want to organise the alternative mining in Davao, and the focus should be on how are uh, mining impacting, uh, mining companies impacting on communities. You yep. know, our communities affected. What is the impact on the environment? What must we do about these issues? And over the Last couple of years, we've been pushing that agenda, making people. And, like, for instance, this morning, uh, well, not even this morning, when we started, people from uh, uh, Makua, you know, mining affected
2: communities, uh, United
3: in Action, they were more than 20 from South Africa here. So we really have made it possible for community people to come to the alternative mining in Daba. And over the years, uh, luckily, we've also engaged with the mining in Daba because it's important that we also engage with, you know, other stakeholders uh, and especially mining companies who are powerful and who sometimes do things that doesn't uh, really to the benefit of communities.
0: Last week, uh, we we woke up to the, the, at least we went to bed with the story of a thousand miners being trapped uh, at a mine and, and it, it didn't trend. It bothered me that we, we kept quiet. Are these the kind of issues that you you think in the mainstream mining in Darbo, people don't speak about, and that's why that's the voice you would give space for in the alternative mining in Darbo?
3: Yeah, because, I mean, it's interesting that also just about I think two, three years ago, there was Lily Farm. Eh? The, the, the miners were trapped underneath, and even today I read that there's still three people from these miners that have not been recovered. So it's in some ways um, interesting, you know, that a lot of times when the mining in Daba and the alternative mining in Daba is taking place, that there are issues that focus on these issues. And and as you say, we need to mainstream this because Mm. even ourselves over the years, we've been on business report, you know. Okay, so it's okay that people are saying in the business report about the alternative mining in Daba, but we need to 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 see that these issues get into the mainstream that every south african that in cape town people will realize in which way you know but but also when it comes to the water crisis it's affect it there's a connection to mining because yep. it's a, it's a connection to climate change you know yes. uh, that people uh where sometimes you know you have medical conditions because of coal so so that we all realize that in, in some ways our lives are affected by by mining and how do we address these issues.
0: It's been nine years, uh, Reverend Damon. What have been the achievements of the alternative mining in Dab?
3: One of the achievements, if, if one just look at, is the fact that it's a movement. When we started, there were 40 people. We started with 40 people. Mm. Today, there's more than 400 people from more than 45 countries. They say we say 50 countries. You know, so about 45 between 45 and 50 countries. So not only people from from Africa, but internationally. Mm. And, and the good thing is that we have. This is a movement. If it's going to be an event, then it's not worth it because. You know, you can have a nice event every year, so what? But the fact is that we have organized national alternative mining in Daba. So here are people, and, and if you look at the program, you'll see that every day there are sessions with somebody from uh, what we call a NAMI, a National Alternative Mining in Daba, yep. comes into the uh, alternative mining in Daba and says, when we had our mining in Dubai, in Angola, in the DRC, in Botswana, in Lesotho, in Zimbabwe, in Zambia, Mozambique, this is the issues. So, so there's a movement growing where communities are saying we need to take these things into our own hands. You know, we need to make mining companies aware because um, these are issues that affect us. So that's a good thing that for us it's not an event.
0: But my, uh, but my good reverend... Movement. My good reverend, mm. I can tell you, and I know that I have no scientific proof, but I can tell you that they know these things. They, the big mining companies know these concerns. They know about the plight mm. of the the communities around them. They know about the exploitation mm. that happens there. They know about the water resources that get used and used up and damaged by the mines. Mm. I I don't believe that they don't know. I, my, what I'd like to know is, are you reaching them? Are they beginning to hear you and making significant changes so that their business their operations not only do not damage people's livelihoods but also they benefit the people from whom they mine
3: mm. i think uh, um not only through the alternative mining in darbad but also if you look at litigation you know there's been the silicosis case for instance you know a big case hmm. there's been other cases around platinum and etc you know so so uh, and these things have been coming up on the agenda because communities are aware of free, prime and informed consent. But you're right in the sense that we cannot say mining companies don't know this, you know? Mm. They know what to do. But but the thing is that, for instance, they realize they need to engage with communities. They realize that if they're going to just come and speak to the chief and tomorrow we're going to wake up and there's a mine busy that it's not going... I, I mean, in fact... At, at, at the mining in Darbo, we're going to have a march on Wednesday, and Madiba Crisis Committee, you know, they, uh, who's working in the Eastern Gate, mm-hmm. they are going to be present uh, strongly here. Why are they present here? Because they see the alternative mining in Darbo is also almost stepping up their campaign. Because next month there's going to be a court case uh, with the Madiba Crisis Committee, you know, yes. around. The impact of of mining. So so those are the things that communities are taking things into their own hands. So yes, we can ask questions around mining companies. You know uh, what, and we can say, for instance, some of the things we've been able to do. But the fact is that communities are taking things in their own hands, and unfortunately, we're sometimes not going to make a change if we don't use litigation. And sometimes we need to kind of change legislation because, at the end of the day, governments can keep. Uh, companies uh, accountable, you know, if there's good regulations and 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 legislation. So there's various instruments we need to use to make a difference.
0: That leads to my next question: What is your what is your interaction with government, and what has been the response or the uh, the reception?
3: Our response with government can maybe be better in some ways. When we had the first mining in Daba, I remember that. Um, we actually presented our we always have a march with the alternative mining and So we presented then a, a, our statement to the head of the portfolio committee and you are saying yes, but we are addressing these issues. So 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 uh I think it, it can be better in the sense of that one realises or one engage with government because there's the mining charter, one engage with the portfolio committee because you they can make a difference with oversight, etc. So uh, I I think there is room for improvement, you know, if if um mining if 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 uh, the mineral resources department focus more on benefits to community and, and look at the real issues, you know, not at how others can benefit or a few elite can benefit, then we can make progress. And so finally, there's room for improvement.
0: And finally, Reverend Malcolm Damon, what is the end game? What would you like to see? If you were to wave a magic wand, what would you like to see uh, in the next five, ten years so that we have one mining and, and and not one that's alternate on the other side? And hopefully, if it's one, the one that represents every single sector and hue that is involved in the mining space what, what what could what could be achieved in the next 5 to 10 years
3: what could be achieved in the next uh, 5 to 10 years is that what you know if, if we have this kind of vision then for us the vision would be that not a single mining activity and i'm not talking only about south africans because as i say there are people from all over southern africa and in africa that not a single mining activity will take place without the consent of you know kind of that's the big thing now mm. now yes uh, uh well we see maybe in five ten years time uh, one uh, maybe not you know maybe uh, uh, maybe is that a good idea i don't know because sometimes these power you know uh, power relations so it's, it's sometimes not a bad idea that you have space where you can mobilize yourself, you can build your capacity. But I can tell you we are engaging with them. Like, for instance, they used to have a sustainability day, which was at the end of the mining in Daba. So they now moved it to within the mining in Daba. So every, for the last four years, we've engaged with them every year. So we realize we need to make uh, – there needs to be dialogue. We need to engage with them. So maybe, as you say – Five years time, uh, or at least uh, five years that no mining will take place without communities. Ten years that we can sit around the table with big companies and a lot of them, because unfortunately there's still only a few that engages with communities and with the real issues.
0: Well, my dream in ten years time, uh, Reverend, is that... The communities should also form what we call big companies because they own these these properties you know they they own the land that are that has been mined so they, they can't just be the alternate they have to be mainstream but that's my dream but i can tell you this much uh, especially because i speak to a man of the cloth i pray for more strength for you i love what you do and i truly hope that uh, you know the uh, the economic justice network continue to do this great work and we're going to see one day proper change in that space where you work
3: Thank you, Renz. I appreciate
0: that. Thank you very much, and all strength to you. We Thank shall you. be watching your march. Thank you very much. Each other. Reverend Malcolm Damon, the Executive Director of Economic Justice Network, organizers of the alternative mining indaba happening in Woodstock, Cape Town, a few kilometers from the Cape Town International uh, Convention Center, where the other mining indaba is happening. I did not know about this one. I do confess. But I'm glad today I know about it. And I think what they do cannot be overemphasized as a very important development. And who, by the way, said that the, the clergy belong behind, behind the pulpit and nowhere else? Who? Okay, no names mentioned. When we come back, it's the consumer feature. He is here and looking so fit. He's intimidating. Uh, I actually think he's boastful. Uh, yeah, DJ Itlio is going to be our guest on uh, Fame and Fortune. He arrived an hour early. That's when you know some guys have no heirs. And they know that this concept of having arrived means you must also arrive on time. Well, it has just come past the festive season. And you know, some of the things that happened at that time is that People get into desperate situations. We borrow money because we have to take care of stuff. Sometimes we borrow money for wrong reasons because we have to impress the next person. And once we have over borrowed, uh, we're in trouble. Uh, sometimes, though, we should have checked why and how are we borrowing. Did we check the credit limits, uh, rather the interest rates? Did we check the conditions of the credit that we're taking? Did we check who we're taking the credit from? Is these things that all the time the national credit regulator is always checking on. And tonight, we're going to speak to uh, the supervisor complaints department at the NCR NOSI-Posigishe. And we'd like to invite you, if you are about to take a loan, to talk to us. Or of course, if you've just taken a loan and, and you're pretty much unhappy about the uh, conditions of the loan, we'd like to talk to you because, you know, the reality of life is that at any given time some of us will have to take a loan for whatever reason but we'd like to give you as much information and hopefully as much education to help you when you take that decision so that you're not going to end up in a space where it is worse than it could ever have been so good evening Ishe, and thank you very much for your time well, thank you very much and uh, good evening to the listeners you know i uh my my intro uh, is not based out of my wisdom but out of what i know of, about the work that you do but again i do this all the time uh, and sometimes people think i'm patronizing my listeners but i think we should just be fair and say somebody may not know who is the ncr in a few words. the national trade regulator ncr is the regulator that obviously regulates the trade industry Mm -hmm. combats over indebtedness okay and that's as simple as that so who as i as a as a guy that takes credit from the credit provider do i have access to the ncr
1: Yes, you do have access to the National Credit Regulator as a a consumer Mm -hmm. and also as a credit provider.
0: Yes. So what are the things that we should look out for when we go out and borrow?
1: Um, Number one, as a consumer, what you need to look out for is the lender registered by the National Credit Regulator. Mm -hmm. So you need to... Look out for the for the certificate and the window breakout. That's, that's number one. Number two, you should understand the credit agreement that you enter into. Mm. So you as a consumer, you must be aware that, number one, they need to tell you the cost of credit. Mm. So It must be something that stands out from the agreement because that's the whole point of you entering into lending. So that when you pay back the money, you already understand what are the other fees that will go with the credit union. So you need to understand the fees, the transaction that you entering into, the terms and conditions.
0: But nine out of ten times, uh, no, Sipo, these credit providers speak in bankese, You know the language that ordinary people don't understand. They speak jargon that, you know. At, at some point, I just want to get the money and get out because I, I don't understand these things that they're talking about. How, how could they simplify it for us? And are they, by law, required to simplify the language?
1: Yes, by law, in terms of our as a consumer, have a right to be explained the terms and conditions of the agreement in a single language or, depending on the demographic we say, um, they obviously in the, in the language that you understand. So mm. it's your right in terms of the national credit to be explained.
0: What about forms? There has been a lot of people who have spoken out that they were made to sign blank forms and then extended the credit only for things to change mm. later.
1: That's true. We, I think that practice um, mostly happens where you're not explained, and then the next thing you find out that you signed an agreement of 20000 instead of $10,000. Mm.
2: Um,
1: we've had an charge from the National Credit Regulator. We've attended to them, and our stance is that we always look at non-compliance. We then obviously refer to the tribunal so that consumers can get reports. This is not an allowed practice in terms of the Act.
0: I guess tonight. You have the right okay. to
1: ask for a copy. You, yeah, you've got you a right must to insist on a copy. a copy. Yes, you must insist on a copy. It is your right. And before you even sign the agreement, you have five days in which you can take what we call a pre-quotation statement, which is a summary of the whole credit agreement with upfront fees that you need to, uh, to pay. So you've got a right to say, okay, I'll just take the pre-agreement procession, which is binding for five days, to take it home and have someone else read it for you or call the regulator so that you can explain, you can be explained if the fees that you see in front of you on the summary are the fees that are allowed to be charged, if the interest that is quoted on the statement, it is the interest that is supposed to be charged.
0: A guest on the Consumer Features, uh, Nossi Pozikish, supervisor, complaints department at the National Credit Regulator. If anything that we've spoken about so far seems to to ring a bell and you want to ask questions, we don't have much time left, but please, 89 110 or you can tweet at Rams by the Horns for any questions or comments, especially around borrowing and issues of credit. Then, there are other stories because most of the time when we speak about these issues you know, we're speaking uh. about about uh what, what we, we would call unsecured loans now, now i uh. i hear stories of people having or made to leave behind their identity documents their bank cards their sasa cards and and the logical message that's dangerous the business me says well how else does a loan provider secure their payment if they don't have some security of some sorts. How does that work?
1: Uh, obviously, you go to a lender. What they need to do, it is their obligation in terms of the National Credit Act mm. to conduct what we call a um, an affordability assessment. Yeah. Request certain documents, bank statement, your pay flip. That is what we call an affordability assessment, and out of that assessment, they are supposed to make a determination whether you can afford to pay back um, the, the the installment or mm. the credit so we ended. So that is security enough for them to conduct the assessment and and then decide to take up on the risk of that consumer. Card retention or your Sasa cards and your ID and PIN. It's not an allowed practice in terms of the act, and we we provided guilty of that, and most especially in smaller towns, I think mm. that's where the practice is most dominant, or in the townships where they believe that they don't have to comply with the National Creative Act.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, so yes, we we found that practice, and we we unfortunately do act upon um, consumers are letting us. And we also involve the police in, um, to to make arrests.
0: Do credit providers have a right to insist on a stop order agreement with your with my employer?
1: Um, it's it's not also it's not necessarily allowed in terms of act because you are making yourself a prefer a preferred creditor above the rest. Mm. So it could be a debit order, or if it if it's really necessary because we. We also recognises different ways to secure payment, but card retention is not one of them.
0: Okay, zero eight nine double one zero double three double seven. Let's take calls. Anonymous is calling us from Bogesberg. Good evening. What's uh, your question?
1: Evening. How are you?
0: Dark and um, lovely.
1: I'm good. I've got a quick question. Um, my mom recently um, she quit her job due to various reasons. Mm. So then now we're faced with a dilemma where she needs to pay for some of her um, credits or whatever, her accounts and everything else. So then now she wants to open a business, but she needs uh, a capital, obviously. Yeah. And now we are waiting for her uh, pension funds to come up. But then she asked me to take out a loan for her. But then now my question is, okay, I know there's going to be interest involved. So let's say I take out the loan and I say I'm going to repay within the next 12 months. But then within the next 12, uh, two months, let's say sixty three months, she gets her pension and we're able to repay it. So I wanted to find out that the repay amount, like, is it going to be, like, just slightly over what we took? Or there's going to be one big agreement of how much I'm supposed to repay
0: That's a brilliant question. Thank you very much, Anonymous. And because you're speaking for your mom, why are you anonymous? But it's fine, it's fine. You can keep it that way. I don't have a problem (laughs) with it. Thank you very much for the call. Uh, Nosipo, it's a a very important question because when I buy a car and I've been told to pay over five years, if I paid it over three and a half years, there would be a saving. Would it be the same in the case of this kind of credit?
1: Um if I heard the listener correctly or you might you can just correct me, is it not a pension backed loan that you, that she was referring to?
0: Not necessarily in in the interim while they're waiting for the pension she's now taking mm. a loan on behalf of her mom and she's oh, what okay. she's thinking what happens when when they get the money and they can repay in a shorter period of time as opposed to the loan agreement would they have an advantage of then you know paying lesser than what was agreed upon.
1: Yes, definitely. Because then when you go and ask for what you call a settlement statement, right? Mm -hmm. You are quoted to interest up to the date that you settle the the account. An example would be obviously today and you want to settle within five business days, which is obviously what the quotation of the settlement statement is valid for. When you then request a statement, the interest that is charged day, it's up to the, the five or the 5th day on the date that is quoted to be the final day of settlement. So you will not be charged for future interest.
0: Oh, great. So yes. could I take insurance on the credit that I take?
1: Okay, we've recently made amendments to that. We've got what we call the uh, credit life insurance. Um, so we've made changes there. Uh, it is a requirement. It's a requirement that the credit provider will ask you to maintain credit insurance. You have, a, you have a choice at inception to either choose your own that you have that is compatible to what the credit provider offers. And unfo- unfortunately now, credit life insurance is kept. So depending on the agreement that you entered into, it's not as though they'll come with the Different figure
0: or unreasonable figure mm, mm, it kept
1: now in terms of the act, so we got to regulate that
0: fear okay for for a while as we as we go towards the end I'd like us to to get into a realm where we, we, we let's let's try and assume that people do the right things or at least let's try and give people advice about okay. the right things so that we we tend to avoid taking up loans that you know charge us twenty seven percent interest and stuff like that. What are the things to look up? To, to look out for like you know creating a budget how how do you advise people on working on things like that
1: um i would firstly give advice to consumers to avoid what we call unregistered lenders mm. if the lender is not registered with the national credit regulator that is alarm bell chances are you might be overcharged interest,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and there might be some sort of credit abuse there. You might be given uh, credit when you don't necessarily qualify for it. That is number one. Number yes. two, um, as a consumer, you must make it is your obligation, it is your right to also ask if you do not understand. Always ask for a record of, of the document that you sign. If you're unsure, you are welcome to call the National Credit Regulator and confirm certain or ask certain questions if they were not clarified to you. Hmm. And you also have the right to ask for a pre-quotation that is binding for you for five days. So you don't have to sign the credit agreement on the spot. I see. Give yourself some time to ponder. Give yourself uh, time to ponder and see if it does fit within your budget, what is being given to you.
0: Would it be better, and trust me, this question comes from a layman, would it be better for people to first consider taking loans from family and friends before they go to credit providers? Because chances are I may not be charged interest if I went to my best friend, Cleo. <laughs> We've had instances
1: like that, that um Obviously, there will be that. That fair that is really not regulated because there is a relationship there that yeah. one another will be dependent on the other. Mm. So sometimes there might be an exclusion on application of the act. We've seen certain practices by consumers who go and bury, uh, sorry, uh, borrow from a stock sale. So those kind of credit agreements where you borrow from a stock sale, the National Credit Act is excluded from application.
0: Uh, Savings. Uh, Do you get to advise people as the NCR to really work hard on saving a little bit of what they make?
1: Yes. We've gone on campaigns as the National Credit Act where we have advised to save upon their bonuses when they do get one. And also save on a monthly basis.
0: And and, overall, and what has been the response? Are we seeing a change? And Are we seeing people responding to the call of saving money?
1: The consumers will obviously, uh, it, a different thing for different people, but that's the word from the NCR that they need to spend, and they need to be careful when you go, and don't just uh, spend on unnecessary products. Save on school fees when you know that it's close, approaching December. Put that money aside. Put the bonus money as well on into your savings. And always buy when there is a need that arises.
0: What are the things that we need to pay for first as opposed to others? I mean, there's always something on the table. You know, this when, when you look at my table, there's, there's so many things to pay for, including occasionally a good bottle of something to drink. But what are the things... That I should prioritize when I get the little thank you that the SABC gives to me at the end of the month.
1: I think number one, I think the most um, is education. Mm-hmm. So if you have kids, you have to pay towards that. You need to save a chunk towards the education. Number two, if you believe that, if you, you need when you get a, a, an extra money. You need to draw up a budget and see what expenses you have and what loans you have. If you can see that you can finish a loan within two months after, just before the or after getting a bonus, then why are you not then settling that debt so that at least you are debt-free?
0: You know, it sounds good to be debt-free. I mean, I, I... the only reason, by the way, I am dead free is because I own nothing. So it's, it's not like i am I got anything that I own. <laughs> <laughs> However.
1: There is necessary debt.
0: Y- yes. Uh, what I wanted to say is that there are competing needs, especially for people, uh, you know, let's face it. There's something called black text, no sipo. You know, and, and <laughs> uh, where, at which point do I choose... Uh, uh, my bond as, as opposed to my niece's grandchild. Okay, my niece is already mm. young, but she has a grandchild, and she has to go to school. And and they come to me and say, Rams please, you know, mm. o- only 5,000 rents and she won't be expelled from school. You know, those realities, how do people balance between these things and reality, really?
1: I think the best thing uh, one can do is to draw up the budget. You put it in writing. So when you put it in writing, you will have clear perspective of where the money is coming in and how the money is going out. Mm. So when you draw up a budget, there is some visualization, right? Because you put everything right in front of your eyes. So you draw up where you pay your living expenses, your groceries and your school fees, then Look, have a look, have perspective. go up even, go and get your, your three-month bank statement. Not necessarily to open loan, just to go through the bank statement and see how much you swipe per day, uh, per weekend, what is going on in your card transactions. And I think sometimes as consumers, we go overboard when you swipe rather than when you draw the money because we just want to escape from reality that we're actually taking out money to spend it. So it's quite easier when you just swipe until, until the money is no more there. So just go through your your, your transactions on a weekend basis and daily basis or monthly, and check the unnecessary expenses where you go and swipe when you really don't need to um, buy a cool drink. Just look at your at at your expenditure. Look at your claims and see exactly where is it because you're spending too much too much money on. Uh, unnecessarily junk food, as mm. opposed to taking all that money and putting it aside. Let me tell you something. When you put out 300 grand into the bank, in your savings account, where you do not have access all the years, you'll be surprised one day how much you've actually saved.
0: Well, I also think that when uh, you lessen the uh, credit cards in your wallet or purse, uh, mm. and, and mm. you start ignoring those messages from the retailers who say now you've got five thousand rent credit it's not your money try not to spend it because it's not your money you're gonna have to pay it back because suddenly we think mm. when they say you've got five thousand credit it means i must spend it but anyway i'm not the expert you're the expert and i'm that guy who owns nothing so i have nothing to say so nosip <laughs> i'd like to thank you for your time and thank you for the work that the ncr does when people have problems that are credit related, either with providers mm-hmm. or with other issues related to the stuff, how do they get hold of you guys?
1: Um, if you have a complaint uh, or you think you, you, you need, just need advice in terms of the National Credit Act, then you can just call um, our number, which is 011 double zero. at the moment our call center lines are down but that number is available from eight o'clock to five o'clock. or you can visit our website which is www.ncr.org.za or you can just drop us an email which is complaint at ncr.org.za
0: well i advise you to use that uh, email address, guys, because the person we're speaking to is Supervisor Complaints. So if you write Complaints at ncr.org.za, <laughs> she will get your email. But we will repeat all those details on our Facebook page. Thank you very much for your time, Nozip, and Have a great evening. Yeah, thank you very much,
1: and thank you to your
0: listeners. Good night. That's it. The uh, consumer feature ends right here. I'm so glad that I tried to dress up very clean and proper today because the next 20 minutes i think i'm being captured on every sort of medium so i'm glad i'm looking the part when we come back it's fame and fortune 20 minutes before nine o'clock and uh officially you are on fame and fortune now you see the media is very Uh, unpopular for for many things. Uh, We misquote people. We ill-treat people. We do so many things to people. So when my guest, who's in studio now, got in here and started setting up cameras and everything around the studio, I was not flattered to think it's about how he wants to record and us look good on social media. No, he wants to make sure I don't misquote him. He's got the record of whatever we do here. So I understand it. It's all about us, the people in the media. He's South African, quiet on house DJ, producer, and entrepreneur. He has worked on so many projects, and he's worked with industry luminaries, bricks, pitch black, afro, Zegazek, brown dash, Mendoza, Cabello, and Squatter Camp. He was born in Foslores. I'm sorry for him. On the east end, he resides in Johannesburg now. He's a staunch... Staunch Pirates fan. he's a, actually a footballer he's fit as a fiddle in fact fit as two fiddles he's known to you and i as dj tlio he's right here is our guest on fame and fortune i'm very well you thanks. are so fit mate you're looking so good
4: thank you man thank you why um i'll jump straight into it first of all uh Good evening to your listeners. Yeah, and yeah, everyone else out there who's listening via DSTV audio bouquet, whatever. Why? Because I've always been of the notion that um,
0: earnings is no excuse to go out of shape. That's a brilliant code. Yeah, that's a brilliant code, and I and I've seen I've seen how earnings can be very, very bad to us. Yeah. So how's business? How are you doing? Um.
4: It depends. It depends which business you're talking about, yeah. but um, it's it's tough. It's um, it's challenging, you know. Um, I was having a discussion with someone yesterday, and I said if I could influence what or the education system, especially high school, yeah, I would add tax law to the subject business economics. I would then add. Um, apparently, there's I think life. LO
0: yeah 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 life orientation i think
4: yeah yeah and then there um i would add either maybe as a subject um uh general knowledge you know and do away with history or yeah. rather change history you know to teach our kids more about us and less about hitler and mussolini
0: yeah yeah but you don't also want our uh, children to know about Hitler and Mussolini, so that we don't repeat what Hitler and Mussolini did.
4: Well, that can come in called general knowledge. Yeah, you know what I mean, because it's just
0: general knowledge to us now. Yes, all those things. Yeah. So okay, let's get to the gist of this conversation. Some time ago, during the uh, the Africa Champions League mm. a game at uh, I think it was Orlando Stadium. Uh, between pirates and and ajax yes uh, uh, no, and there's this guy sitting two seats two rows from the front in, from the front yeah. and i can see this guy and he looks familiar but i don't know who this guy is and i'm battling yeah. if i had jumped two seats and come to you and say you look familiar who are you exactly how would you introduce yourself to me because there's only 15 seconds before the game starts and you don't want to be disturbed I think you would have jumped there
4: to take a photo like everyone else <laughs> <laughs> because I struggled to watch the game on yeah. the day. Um, it was actually Mama Joy's idea, you know, to say, hey, manzoara little ploma yeah. It's like, yeah, why not? You know, because for the last 10, 15 years, I've been attending games sitting by the suites, you know, and um, I remember when the late Brown Dash was still alive, he was a staunch Casa Chiefs fan. You yeah. Know, and there was a time where, Pirates won, and I blew the vuvuzela so hard that my top lip looked like a mulomoho Yeah, yeah. Know. But we were sat in an area where we were allowed to blow the vuvuzela, and yes. moved from a section where we weren't allowed. So that day was like, you know what, let me go sit down there during the people, you know. And, you remember. And do as I please. Yes. Yeah.
0: So how then, if I asked you who are you, if I had 15 seconds with you, how would you introduce yourself? If we forget the- about this this bio that appears on social media in every way on the day yeah on any day any given day i meet you someone i say sure. you know you look familiar but i can't tell who, who are you so how would you, say you are or who um, would you say you
4: are i would say uh i look familiar so i am the person you think i am yeah and um what's your name you know, <laughs> and I would engage you in a lengthy conversation because that's one of my biggest problems. Actually, my fiance and I, uh, when we go out, say shopping, and when I say shopping, I mean like say uh, for taps or tiles yeah. or whatever, you yeah. know, home stuff. She hates going shopping with me because I everyone. You know, and but that's your that's
0: your currency.
4: Yes, thing is, I forget that kids are my land, Yes, you know, and yes. I entertain everyone else. And next thing, we spend three hours to just go
0: look for two items. So, in, in all the, the the things that you do, you know, you're an entrepreneur, you're a, you're a musician, you're yeah. a producer. Do you make enough money? Um, 20, 27,
4: 2015 to 2018, even slightly prior, you know, um, the market has been, the music industry has been very tough. Yeah, um, And when kids walk up to me saying or whatever I'm trying to get into the industry I always tell them try something else you know but at the same time I don't want to be the guy that crushes your dreams so yeah go for it but I don't encourage it you know so do I make enough money no it's tough now and um, i'll I'll also just dive straight into it you know um, I think the worst piece of advice I ever got in fact let me ask you this Property is the best investment, we are told. We are told. Yes. Thank you. We are told. And I was told by many people who are who, who, whom I considered my voices of reason. Yeah. You know, but I think that's one of the most distorted and or rather incomplete statements. You know, I think the statement should read property is the best investment if you have cash. Oh. Or if you stick to one, maybe you see so I then obviously believed and I dived straight into it Um, back in 2004 and I acquired my first house and um, as the money was flowing in I decided okay invest more and more and more and more you know and I got to a point where I was eight properties in and basically which translates to six pieces of paper with the banks, yeah. with six different banks, or uh, let me just see six contracts. Yes, that read, "I owe you, Mr. So and So Bank." Yes, yeah, and that's now six interest rates and six repayments monthly. And I realized then that eh, Didangmos is not necessarily. But are you best. saying
0: that you had not put those properties to market to make money out of you, out of them, so like to rent them out? The others, because you can't sleep in all eight. Um, no, I didn't do due diligence before, you
4: know, I just went, um, I dived in head first and you realize once you're in that, actually, had I done some due diligence, I would have realized that this one, as much as I think is an investment, but how, how is it going to work for me? Mm. You know, because if anything, like I'd buy a house, move into it and then move out, find another one, move into that one and then buy another one, move into that one. And before you know it, you actually don't want to lease the other two because, like, you know, there's a bit of sentiment. Yeah, right? yeah. you know, um, and so on.
0: So, um, yeah. Then that that leads me to the next question because I think the answer is in the in the story you just told me. Mm. Have you ever been broke? Have I ever been broke? I think
4: I'm broke now. <laughs> Uh but especially given the 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 example that I just gave you. Yeah. Um yeah, because the music industry is has shrunk and we're making less and less money and my debts are not going away. I need to hustle harder to make sure that they go away. Yeah. You know. Um and I'm very stubborn. My accountant would always insist that no, get rid of one and I see selling as defeat, you know, so I, but leasing
0: is not defeat. No, of course. Yeah.
4: So, if anything, I got rid of cars, you know, because at some Good point. Good for you, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can only
0: drive one at a time. You know right? what I
4: mean? Yeah. And also, I'm older and wiser, you know. So, like, now I'm content with driving a small Chevy Spark 1.1. Sorry for the free <laughs> advertising, but that's my daily yeah. car. Yeah.
0: Because uh, for who, for where? For the what? DJ Leo. In the house, uh, fame and fortune. We're going to take a break. As usual, we will take one question on Twitter for him. It has to be fame and fortune related. We don't take questions about what the Sunday World published or the <laughs> the, the tabloids published. We don't do tabloid stuff here. So when we come back, we continue our conversation. Our guest DJ Cleo is also founder of uh, Wheel of Steel Productions. He did work on the soundtrack for the Oscar-winning feature film Tsotzi. Uh, he's also had a recurring role as a freelance producer for who works for Zondi Entertainment Enterprise in the ETV Soapy Rhythm City. He's also known, by the way, uh, for appearing in the travel docuseries Viam Zanzi, in which he and DJ Angie Kumalo ride around South Africa on motorbikes to unearth interesting stories. Political, historical, criminal, ideological, all seen through the eyes of local people. And it is one thing that he does on television that makes me exceptionally envious of him and I'm even slightly hateful because it looks so much fun. So, my brother, in your view, is fame related to fortune? Are those concepts related? Do they go hand in hand?
4: Fame, uh, fame can result in fortune. But they don't happen at the same time, yeah, you can get famous and have no sense and i've I've fallen prey to that um to a point where you become the laughing laughing stock because you're the guy they hear on radio, yeah, and and music videos, yeah, and you've got nothing, you know, but I was very smart about it coming up, you know, in the industry where um, I would drive the nicest cars, but if the car is worth 400,000 rands, I would have bought it secondhand for 80,000 rands. As long as it looks mint on the outside, yeah. you don't see the speedometer. You don't know how old it is. Yes. You know, so it was it's a perceptions game, you know. So I played that game very well until I could get to a point where I'd buy my first house in 2004. And my first brand new car only in 2007.
0: And nobody would have thought that. We, we would have looked at you and thought... He bought everything new, yeah. early, and stuff like that. And my that was first smart.
4: brand new car was in 2007, after
0: three properties. Where did you get these brains from? Because we mess up. People in a, in these spaces mess up a lot. We all have the brains,
4: but we also have organs that many don't use, which is this, the ears. Yeah. You know, everything I know was just from opening my ears and sucking in as much knowledge as possible. You know, um... And now I'm listening to you read uh, my... Your bio. My bio. And it's very incomplete because I do so many things. Oh, man. It's not
0: know? even 1% of what you, you know, do.
4: And right now, uh, one thing you forgot to mention was that I think I'm the only musician slash sportsman or rather slash goalkeeper that's got their own brand of goalkeeper gloves. You know. Um, These are your branded goalkeeper Love. it's my own brand it's my own brand and i sponsor four keepers currently in the psl um dcf sports www.dcf.com no that's dcf sports yeah we're on social medias dcf underscore sports and yeah i mean it's also my player management agency i manage a couple of players in the professional yeah. leagues so
0: and that happened as what? a result
4: of the soccer move yeah. trying to pursue a playing contract yeah. you know uh, because you wanted to get in yes. the, you you really had the love to and go in and i saw a the, gap you yeah. know i saw a gap um and i pounced on it and yeah we are retailing now in one store and online um and it's safe and secure you know um That's through beautiful. one of the banks yeah
0: and um yeah, man, it's it's. I'm proud of this, you know. Um, and you and have to be. You have to be. Yeah. And, and player management is a is another area that I, that I think the more black people play in it, the better. You yeah. know, some of our greatest footballers ever produced here, uh, their business is in the hands of white player managers, and I'm sure. not begrudging them that, but yeah. I would hate to see that situation continuing. Going forward, so it's got
4: its politics, you yeah. know. Um, football has its politics, and I won't pronounce on any of them, yeah, because you know, uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons, but yeah, I'm, 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 I'm,
0: I'm having a good time in the sports for a guy who was <laughs> who investing in property. It's difficult to ask you my next question because I doubt you would have any, but maybe you do. Mm. Any extravagance is there anything that you that you spend on that you know you shouldn't but you like it so much and once in a while you indulge in. um i'm a sucker for cars so
4: yeah some of my bad decisions in life include include taking money out of my bond to buy a car oh yeah so oh. but i've done that once or twice um i'm not a very ex- i'm not an extravagant person i like i said it's a game of perceptions yeah. you know i look extravagant but i'm not You know, right now, this top that I'm wearing, you won't find it in any shop because it's my own label, you know what I mean? So it will look extravagant depending on the design and stuff, but it's only because you've never seen anyone else wear it, you see. So it's exclusively mine and you won't see it anywhere else.
0: And you don't put it on the market? I mean, once you've worn it, people would want to look like you.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Um, for the last two years, it's just been me wearing it through my videos, interviews, Yeah, you know. Um, if the big brands won't pay me to wear their stuff, then I'll spend money on my own. Good on you. Own.
0: Good on you. I love that. So, all this journey, all these things that you've achieved, and your downfalls, and, and all those things. Plenty downfalls, eh, including depression, you know. But when you look back, would you say you've made it?
4: success is a destination no it's a journey yeah not a destination so I'd, I'd say i've made it to certain points certain landmarks on my success journey
0: yeah yeah and you've so far. bigger things to do yeah um so many plans uh um, if you drop dead tomorrow yeah you you'd say you've done your job you've mm. done you've done your best would you say that
4: I would accept because you can't question God's will. But yeah. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be happy. There's so much more that I wanna do.
0: Okay, one last question, DJ Leo. Mm. With all this work that you've done, and now you're doing more work. Now you're a player manager. Now you, you've got your, your own label. You're you, you, you managing football players. You've you, 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 you got goalkeepers using your brand. Would you say what you have made in rents and cents? over the years, whatever you've lost and whatever you've kept in, in real cash or in in, in, in assets, mm. would you say that you probably have reached your one million US dollar mark?
4: One million US dollar? It's about 12, 12. It's about 12 <coughs>
0: in today's terms. Um, no.
4: But I would say my total worth
0: could be around there, mm. taking into consideration
4: my catalog, yes, yeah,
0: well, you know, because you're here, because you became a guest on fame and fortune, I can tell you that if I asked you this question in six months' time, you'll answer it very easily. Mm-hmm. You're now going to make most, lots of money, my brother, because you deserve it, you're worth it, sure, thank you so much, man I know it's been short, you love more time than this, but we love to leave it high, so it's been great having you here, and thank you very much for your time and for your work. thanks for the invite. DJ Leo, our guest on Fame and Fortune, and that concludes the show tonight. Tomorrow, let me tell you, uh, we're not going to have the uh, opportunity to choose the calls for you to advertise your business because he's just got into office and we can't miss an opportunity to interview the new chief operating officer of the SABC as our guest on Meet the Boss. Chris Maroling will be right here between 8 and 9. The rest of the show will be the same tomorrow. From me Rems vote good night and god bless